Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to the Shooter Shoot Basketball Podcast. We made it all the way to episode 15. I'm joined here today by uh, Matt Squared. How are you guys doing today? It's cold out today, Kenny. It's going good. I never thought I'd make it this far. You bring up how cold it is like every pod. Yeah, that's just my intro. <laughs> that That's your new catchphrase? Okay. Interesting. That's uh, I wasn't cleared by uh, the higher-ups, but we're just going to roll with it. Aren't you the higher-up? Yeah, I'm, I just want him to be more creative. <laughs> uh, so it's been a pretty eventful week here in basketball, but uh, the main story has been how amazing Disney Plus has been. Guys, it's phenomenal. What are your thoughts on Disney Plus so far? You know, I'll be a little critical of it right now, Kenny. It's, it's good, but it seems to freeze a lot. I'm telling you that right now. That could have been like the 20 million people that got yeah, it all at once. That might be like maybe something's overloaded, but it's freezing. But I mean like the selection though, too much. It's so good. It's overwhelming, honestly. I find it unapproachable. <laughs> you get intimidated just looking at the app. You don't even open it. Anymore. I didn't even know Disney owned half those things. It's scary to think about. Eventually it's just going to become Disney and Amazon, Google, just all duking it out. And Walmart. Yeah, you can't forget about Walmart. What what show are you guys hooked on right now? Um, shout out to The Mandalorian. We like that one. Watched two episodes. Like the little baby Yoda guy. If Sorry if that's a spoiler. <laughs> Some people have not started it. Well, that's not a big spoiler, but trust me. He's so cute. He is adorable. Yeah. I've been watching some uh, Boys Me- Boy Meets World. Throwing it back to uh, the childhood there. I do like Topanga. Topanga, yeah. Don't forget about Sean. Sean was uh, an integral part of Corey's life. Sean was a beautiful idiot. That's what he was. Integral? Integral? Integral, I think. Integral is part of calculus. (laughs) Okay. okay. No, that's an integral. (laughs) (laughs) It's good good to know that we... This is a math podcast. (laughs) Uh, So we're going to get into the basketball side of things, because I guess that's what we're here to talk about. Uh, Starting with some college basketball, uh, we're now a couple weeks into the season. It all started with the Champions Classic, which was, uh, it featured Kentucky versus Michigan State, as well as Duke versus Kansas. Uh, My Blue Devils did pull out that opening victory, to no one's surprise, I'm sure, right guys? You know, it's still early in the season, Kenny. It was a good win, but uh, I think Michigan State's going to bring it back. That was the wrong team I'm talking about, hold on. I was like, <laughs> you mean Duke? I mean, I mean the Jayhawks. I'm a, kind of a Jayhawk guy, if I got to admit. But uh, yeah, good for Duke winning that. I hope Kansas brings it back, though. Rock chalk Jayhawk. <laughs> Duke wins. That's what they do. Oh, I'm so glad to hear you say that. No, honestly, Kansas had a ton of turnovers in that game. Uh, it is the opening game of the year. <laughs> I remember last year Duke opened against Kentucky and they won by like 40, and uh, that definitely shows that. Uh, Teams are not where they're going to be come uh, come tournament time, and so also, I mean, Michigan State did lose to Kentucky. Uh, that was a pretty close game. Uh, Winston had a good game for them, but the rest of the guys didn't really show up. Uh, and unfortunately, Cassius did have the 
the news of his brother passing away, so condolences to him. Uh, but they were able to bounce back from that. They actually knocked off Seton Hall the other day. Uh, but the big shock of the week, as far as college goes, definitely has to be uh, Kentucky losing to Evansville. Uh, guys, where is Evansville located? United States, I guess. <laughs> I, I I'm glad that you've narrowed it down for the viewers. I'm not. I'm not wrong. That's what I say. But you know, um, I saw the fact that was actually Evansville's first win against a division, a Division One team, and they're the fourth team in history for their first win to come against a number one overall, no less. Wow. Little well, fact of the day. You got any more fun facts, Matt? Uh, not right now. Maybe later. <laughs> I can't waste them all in the beginning. That is true. We are only a couple minutes uh, in here. But, yeah, I mean, Kentucky, they definitely uh, didn't look how they did in their opening game. Uh, they shot only 37% from the field, which is statistically very poor, uh, even for college. And uh, good win for Evansville, though. Uh, I'm sure Kentucky will bounce back. And it would be cool to see Evansville make the tournament. Uh, I know they're in the Missouri Valley Conference, so uh, I'm not sure if they're going to have a ton of competition there, but it could be interesting to, to watch them grow this year. At the very least, they've definitely got the highlight of the year right there, beating number one. Probably, and they also got a big paycheck just to go and beat Kentucky. So, hey, it's a win-win. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at their conference right now, and outside of northern Iowa, I don't really see uh, the ton of competition. Uh, Loyola, Chicago, from a couple of years ago, they went on a run in the tournament. And then Valparaiso has been in there a few times as well. I recognize that name. But, yeah, definitely a tough loss for Kentucky, and uh, I'm sure they're going to bounce back. Calipari, for whatever reason, it could be because he, his team is only ever made up of freshmen. Uh, they should be able to figure it out. Uh, so now we're going to go into a bit of a NBA divisional breakdown. Uh, this is kind of a bi-weekly segment where we just take a look at how each division is looking, uh, whether we're shocked by some of the, some of the team's results, and uh, we go from there. So we're going to open up with the Atlantic division with the Boston Celtics, 10-1 Boston. Uh, what have your guys' thoughts been on the Celtics and this division as a whole so far? I mean, like you said, man, 10-1, they're firing all cylinders. They're looking like they're going to be maybe the number one seed. They're playing good. Uh, the Sixers been looking kind of sluggish, 7-5 and five only. Best And some tough losses in there. I mean, we thought they'd all be better, but maybe they just got to pick it up in the second half. Like what the Raptors are doing, big win against the Lakers, and then uh, the Nets and the Knicks, they're about where we thought they'd be. And it's like we said with the Celtics, I know that we had this discussion where we knew they would be in the top half, but I think this just speaks to Kemba and how he can bring a team together and how flexible he is with his leadership that they're able to go on such a tear early on. Yeah, I mean, it is pretty crazy to see. I mean, uh, Kyrie obviously was there last year. The team struggled, and it seemed like there was a bit of that locker room divide. But Kemba coming in, I mean, they're, they're getting a lot of production, even with Hayward injury. Uh, Jalen Brown's been improving. Jason Tatum as well. Uh, Boston's definitely been a scary team. Brooklyn at 4-7 and seven, I am pretty surprised by. Um, I thought that they would be a lot better than this. Uh, it is only, obviously, a few weeks into the year, and I know that they've had a, a pretty daunting schedule out of the gate. Like, looking at it right now, uh, they've already had games against Houston, Portland, Phoenix, Utah, and Denver. So they've played a lot of Western Conference teams out of the gate. 
Uh, this These next couple weeks should be pretty telling because they get teams like the Bulls and Charlotte and the Knicks and Cleveland. So their record, I think, will improve over that stretch. But, yeah, it's been pretty surprising. And then the Raptors at 8-3, and three, that's pretty great considering Ibaka and Lowry are both going to be missing OG time. for a bit too here and then. So all those all those rookies are stepping up. Terrence Davis, Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Well, he's not a rookie, but Matt Thomas too. Like the guys have been stepping up. Played three good quarters against the Clippers, but uh, that fourth quarter was kind of whack. And Boucher too. He's the water boy, as I like to call him. Even though I know first name isn't Bobby, he's already uh, <laughs> up there for one of the best blocks of the year. Very very true. That was nasty. Uh, the Knicks at three and nine. I'm actually kind of shocked that they have three wins. To be honest, uh, we're going to talk about some of our uh, game bets that we have going uh, later on. But yeah, the Knicks are one of those games, and they are playing Charlotte tonight. So hoping that they can get that fourth win and uh, also even it up in our our picks here. Uh, so that's the Atlantic Division so far. Uh, looks like they're going to have three playoff teams, unless Brooklyn can turn it around. Maybe four. Uh, within the first couple weeks. Uh, next up, we've got the Central Division. Uh, I don't think anyone shocked to see Milwaukee at the top. They've actually been a pretty underwhelming 8-3. Um, I haven't really seen a, a lot of their stuff. But then the rest of the division, Indiana at 7-5 and five without Oladipo and Turner has been good. And then the Cavs, Bulls, and Pistons all with only four wins. Uh, I don't didn't see the Pistons being this bad, but I definitely thought the Bulls and Cavs would be. So what have your guys' thoughts been yeah. on the Central? Yeah, it's weird to say, but Milwaukee looks better than an 8-3 and three team somehow. But still being, like, we all expected them number one. So. But they seem to be getting it going here. And uh, it, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, thank you. Oh. Gentleman and a scholar, Matt. Uh, but, yeah, the Pistons have definitely been struggling there. I don't know what they need to do. Um, Griffin's been out for a bit here. When they get him back, hopefully they'll get it on. But maybe uh, Dwayne Casey and high ISOs aren't working all the time. And even the Bulls, I was kind of disappointed in because I was expecting Markinen to play better this year. Yeah, they they were definitely a team that could have been a dark horse for the eight seed. Um, obviously, we're only twelve games in, so it's tough to say that you know they're not going to be there uh, once we hit uh, March and April, but. Yeah, the Bulls have had a pretty tough schedule as well. I mean, they've already lost games to Milwaukee, Houston, the Lakers, uh, Indiana, and Toronto as well. So uh, it's been pretty tough for them uh, to start out the year. But, I mean, if they are going to be that eight seed, they do have to find a way to, to beat these teams sometimes. Maybe not all of the time, but uh, it is pretty pretty surprising. If they want to be the eighth, they got to beat the teams below 500 at least if they want a shot. Yeah, they got to beat. They got to win all of those games, and then they've got to steal a few, even on the road as well. Um, the Pistons, I did see, uh, they lost to Charlotte the other day, and Blake Griffin looked pretty defeated at the end of the game. He's just coming back from the injury. I, uh, I think it's Blake's just had a really tough go, to be honest. Like it's, I, I don't know, with everything that happened with him and the Clippers, and then the injury issues that he's had i feel like he's one of those like really underrated guys in the league but he just can't seem to to put it together yeah, he's been underrated because he has a he had like a few years there uh lob city just kind of waste his career a bit like waste a few years yeah it made highlights but like they never made runs they just didn't have anything if he would have been on some other contenders like i could see him having a ring yeah definitely 
And like you said, he's been developing each year. Like he hasn't plateaued yet. He's developed, you know, I mean a step out jumper, step back here and there, mid range. He's also become a pretty good passer, which I mean, for a guy who came into the league just being able to dunk, that's it speaks to how much work he has put in. And I mean he's already been on a Comedy Central roast as well, so uh that's also phenomenal to see. Uh next up we've got the Southeast Division with the Miami Heat have uh, started out pretty hot to start the year at 8-3. and three. Uh, And then you've got Charlotte, Orlando, the Hawks, and Wizards, all with five or less wins. Uh, this has been probably the worst division uh, in the entire NBA so far. And uh, what have your guys' thoughts been on uh, these teams? I think 5-7 and seven is surprising for Charlotte because none of us had them that high. And then 5-7 and seven is kind of surprising for me for Orlando because I had them a bit higher than that. But otherwise, yeah, everything seems to be in place, like, the Heatles just keep looking good. Like they're just gelling well. This whole Dion Waiters thing doesn't seem to be affecting them at all. Which I mean, he didn't even see the court once, so I don't see why it would. But um, Charlotte's been like they've been getting wins there. They've been having guys step up, and no, I don't think anyone had them at five and seven. Even though it's below five hundred, I think that's better than they were pegged for doing. Yeah, it's like you said with Charlotte, they've had some rookies who have put up some good numbers for them. Like, obviously, they're rookies, so you can't expect them to carry you to a 500 record, but it's a good sign for the future for them. And with Atlanta, 4-7, and seven, maybe they could have had another win here and there without that suspension, but Trey Young's good, done a good job of just getting them those four wins as is, as a one-man team, essentially. Yeah, and I mean, even with, like, to go back to Charlotte, like, Devontae Graham is one of those early contenders for uh, most improved player because he went from being a bench guy not doing a whole lot to looking like he can honestly become the starting point guard there uh, or even move him or Terry to the shooting guard so you can pair them together because he's been great. P.J. Washington has stepped up. Miles Bridges has been pretty solid. This is all without Nick Batum, who is hurt uh, to start the year. And, yeah, Orlando should definitely be a lot better. Uh, Vucevic... He's been kind of cold to start out this year, uh, not shooting as high a percentage as uh, he's been accustomed to. And then, yeah, Trey Young's pretty much been a one-man show for Atlanta. Um, and then I, I didn't have high hopes for the Wizards. Um, I know that Bradley Beal is supremely talented. I mean, the guy's averaging 29, nearly seven assists, and four and a half rebounds. And, I mean, they have three wins. So uh, you can't really do a whole lot when the other guys on your team, you're your next leading scorer is Thomas Bryant, and then you're relying on Ruri Hachimura uh, as that other piece. Uh, I don't know. Even Isaiah Thomas at 13 points a game, I kind of expected a little bit more from him, uh, but he's coming off some injury trouble as well. So overall, just a tough division. Like I expected them to to have two playoff teams, and it still might happen, but. For what it's worth, the Wizards, they're like 7th overall in like offensive rating, but like 29th in defensive rating. So if they somehow shore up that D a little bit, tighten that up, like they could turn that around. Unfor- unfortunately, I don't see that happening. Yeah. Just because you've got... Bradley Beal doesn't really play defense, it's, it's like, a, let's it's be a big, honest. It's a big if, but <laughs> if they do it. Relying on rookies and 5'9", uh, Isaiah Thomas, it's, uh, it's going to be pretty tough. Is he 5'9", or is he even shorter? I think he's 5'8". Yeah, like, either way, he's not getting blocks is what we're saying here. (laughs) Yeah, he's not even trying for steals either, (laughs) which you would think that he would. 
Uh, so that's the Eastern Conference uh, so far. Uh, just a quick breakdown of how the conference goes. You've got Boston at one, Miami two, the Bucks three, Raptors four, Sixers five, Pacers six, Hornets seven, and the Magic are actually in eighth. And that's just because of how bad the Eastern Conference is. Uh, and then you got the Brooklyn Nets just on the outskirts there. Uh, and the bottom of the East, the New York Knicks, which I don't think surprises any of us, right, guys? No, not at all. <laughs> uh, so we move over to the Western Conference now. Uh, we've got the Northwest Division to start. Uh, the Nuggets in Utah, both at eight wins. Uh, they both looked really impressive. Uh, the T-Wolves being at seven and five, I think, shocks some people. Uh, we might have to dish out a couple of apologies <laughs> here uh, for some of the <laughs> shreddings that we've had on some of these players and coach. Uh, and then OKC at five wins, Portland with just four wins, four and eight after making the Western Conference Finals last year. Guys, what are your thoughts on the Northwest? Yeah, I think you switch Minnesota and Portland, and that's where we sort of had them pegged at the start of the year, but... Otherwise, everything says it's going. Denver's been looking pretty good, even though Jokic, my MVP this year, which is looking colder and colder of a take, he's been pretty slow. Uh, Jazz, Conley seems to be somewhat finding it. Still not totally what they want him to be. But the T-Wolves, I mean, every pod we say this, it's a hella cold take we had on them. <laughs> I mean, Wiggins, although I'm not, no one's ready to call him a star or he's finally found it yet, but he's been having some good games. Big cats doing his thing. Uh, yeah, they seem to have found it, and the Blazers, um, they need to find it. I don't, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, like Portland has just been so disappointing with, you know, I mean their star backcourt, and it's, they're just missing a few pieces. Dame is playing as good as he ever has, essentially. Yeah, but guys, they just added Carmelo Anthony into the fold. We can't forget that. So. That definitely makes Portland a contender now, right? It goes from Dame's team to Mello easy. <laughs> is he is he going to run Portland now? Is is that just he's walking in and just saying, Dame, I got this? Pretty much, you know that uh, that. It winning... wouldn't shock me if he said that because it's Mello. But... Oh, yeah, just like a ten game spurt with him. But let's be honest, Mello. Uh, he deserves a... to be in the league. I think. Oh yeah, he's too good not to, but just not where he usually played. I think anymore. He's, the question is, is he finally going to – will he accept a less role for once or is he still going to be his guy? Yeah. But – Honestly, and to touch on the Timberwolves as well, uh, Wiggins and Towns right now are averaging a combined 52 points per game, which I think is what they had envisioned. This was just three years ago. And uh, it's good to see Wiggins picking it up. Uh, clearly he's not been moping as much as we had hoped that he was going to. <laughs> Even as Canadians. Uh, but he's looked impressive. Towns at 26 and 11. Uh, that's really impressive. And then even, uh, you know, Jake Lehman, you know, fire him up on your waiver wire because uh, he's averaging 10 points a game right now. So he could be somebody, you know, I'm just, I'm going to bring that up now because I will later as well. Uh, but yeah, he's been impressive as well for them. Uh, next up, we've got the Pacific Division. I. Uh, the LA Lakers at 10 and 2. Oh, sounds so good. Uh, and then you've got the Suns and Clippers with seven wins. Uh, and then Sacramento at four. And the lowly Golden State Warriors is, I didn't think I'd be saying that for a long time, 
Uh, but they're sitting at 2-11. and 11. Guys, what's your thought on the Pacific? Is it the Lakers division to win? It's looking like that now because Lakers 10-2. and two, I mean, the Suns have been seemingly overperforming 7-4. and four. Some good wins there. The Clippers are 7-5, and five, but I think the stat that a lot of people are concerned about right now is like they're 0-3 without Kawhi. Now, only one of those games have been without... Only one of those games did they have Paul George back, so maybe that will change, but... Like, that was a big thing in Toronto. Like, Toronto was, like, I think it was 17-4 and four without Kawhi. And if they're going to go, like, four... If the Clippers are going to go 4-17, and 17, that's not going to be good for them. And it seems like Kawhi is going to take some games off. He's going to be load-managed again, which all the power to him. I'm not against him for that. But if they can't get wins without Kawhi, it's going to be tough for them come uh, playoff time. Yeah, and it's like we said, the Lakers are doing their thing. They just got to keep playing the way they are to win it. Phoenix at seven and four, like in second place for the Pacific. I think they're going to get overtaken by the Clippers once they get into a rhythm. I think that's unsustainable, but yeah, like I still think they might be a playoff team. Like they've improved leaps and bounds, but just with the Clippers' talented roster, they'll get overtaken once Paul George gets back in his groove. Because even he said that he was disappointed by his performance with a twenty-nine point nine rebound debut. So I think his expectations are high, and they're eventually just going to rise to that. And I mean, the Lakers, what's been most impressive about them has definitely been on the defensive end. Uh, I don't think people thought that they were going to be as good as they have been. Uh, but they've also got a lot of role guys that are stepping up, like Danny Green at almost nine points a game. Avery Bradley's now hurt, but was averaging nine and a half a game. Dwight Howard giving them even seven points off the bench is big, and now Kuzma's back. And he's looked, uh, he looked like he was struggling a little bit, but he had a good night the other night, so that's huge for them. And they still got, like, KCP hasn't done, like, anything. <laughs> he's, he, he knows that, too. I'm not uh, giving him bad stuff for that. But if he gets going, that's just another weapon in their arsenal, right? Yeah, and the Suns, too, to touch on them, like, if they're able to sustain this even for the next and they're doing month, this all without month or two, too. yeah, that's what I was going to say, is if they can sustain this, then... Uh, when Aiton comes back, if they're you know hovering around like the six or seven spot, you throw him into the mix, and if he can be productive for them, I don't see why the Suns couldn't end up as the eight seed. Do I think teams like Portland are going to step up? Yes, but you know as of right now, the Suns have got a three game edge on them, so uh, that'll be huge for them. The Kings have been pretty disappointing at four and seven. I expected more from them, but once again, only only eleven games in. Hopefully, they can turn it around. I think the Warriors are still on for that uh, one-year tank, though. They're going to get a lottery pick. They're going to get some big to absolutely crush it, and then they're just going to be back to being the Warriors somehow. Yeah, I, I have such faith in the Warriors tanking that uh, I traded Draymond Green this week in fantasy. <laughs> yeah. uh, I did trade Draymond Green for Jabari Parker. Uh, people might think that that sounds crazy. My rationale is I think they're going to shut him down at some point. I'd rather sell him now before that happens, and Jabari's looked pretty solid. And what are your guys' thoughts on that trade? If he gets shut down, you win it. But if he plays, like I, I definitely get burned. Yeah, it's uh, like triple double threat every night with him. But time will tell for that. For sure. Uh, and then last up, we've got the Southwest Division, uh, the Houston Rockets. I've no surprise here. They've been the top of the division at 9-3. and three. James Harden's been on a historic tear over the last number of games. The Mavericks at 6-5. and five, And then you've got Memphis and the Spurs with five wins and the Pelicans at 3-8. and eight. What are your guys' thoughts on this division? Yeah, 
looks like uh, Rockets, uh, after their spanking in Miami, they seem to maybe James Harden hit the strip club or something. They hit us <laughs> hard in other cities, but they got together. For the Mavericks, I will say like two of their losses came against the lowly Knicks, who have three total wins. So two of those win, two of those losses against the three-win Knicks. But the other ones are against better teams, so they have one. But uh, those two are kind of concerning because it's it's the Knicks. I mean, the big win for Dallas was definitely that Denver game uh, back at the end of October. But outside of that, like, they beat Wizards, they Pelicans. Beat, they beat the teams they should have except Memphis. the Knicks. And yeah. then they lost to, like, the Celtics, the Blazers, this, hopefully the Raptors tonight. This week should be an interesting one for them because they'll run into the Spurs, and then they've got Golden State-Cleveland on uh, the schedule. So hopefully they can go 3-0. and If not, 2-1 and should be the worst that they're doing over this stretch. But... Uh, yeah, the Mavs have been really impressive. Doncic is a near triple double every night. Doncic is scary. Like that. Also, is... John Morant in Memphis has been. Memphis phenomenal. and the rookies are looking good too. Memphis, yeah, I think John Morant is clear cut rookie of the year right now. I, uh, he's just been so impressive for them. He looks like he's going to be a franchise point guard for sure. Yeah, for years to come, just he's so smart even that if he loses a step eventually, he'll make it up in other ways. And right now, like, he's so fast when he runs the break, everything, it's ridiculous. He's got, yeah, great ball handling, smart guy, athletic too. Like, he threw down that oop the other night, stole it from my boy Jaron Jackson. Uh, but they've been impressive. And then the Pelicans, this shouldn't come as a shock. Um, They're struggling, but they had a good win against the Clippers a few days ago. Yeah, definitely. Without Brandon Ingram, no less. Yeah, but the Clippers didn't have Kawhi either, but they had Paul George back. So maybe they got a, maybe they're figuring out. Maybe Brandon Ingram is the key, and he scores too much for them to win. I don't know. Yeah, for or sure. Or maybe they're just not good. <laughs> Could be that. Could be the the last point that you made there. Uh, so to round out the standings, uh, we've got the Lakers at one, the Rockets at two, Nuggets three, Jazz four, the Suns at five. That's kind of been the big shock. Clippers at 6, T-Wolves 7, Mavs at 8, with Memphis just on the outskirts. And at the bottom of the Western Conference, the Golden State Warriors. How the mighty have fallen. How the mighty have fallen. Uh, So next up, we're going to talk about uh, the games that we bet on this week. Uh, We are recording on a Saturday night here, uh, just because Matt is going to a football game tomorrow and therefore leaving us. Uh, So we don't know the results of one of our games. Uh, but we do know that the Clippers did beat the Raptors, so I do pick up a point there. Thank you guys for showing some homerism on that one and uh, taking the raps. Uh, and then OJ took the T-Wolves over to Spurs. Those damn Spurs have just been burning my my keister so far. Uh, and then tonight we've got Knicks versus Hornets. Uh, do we have a game update as to uh, how that game's going so far? We've got Knicks are up 34 to 28. So it, it's clearly out of reach already, and the Knicks are going to hold on. You're right. Count the point. I'm surprised <laughs> they haven't thrown in the towel already and just left the court. <laughs> uh, so if I do get that uh, Knicks victory, uh, that puts us all at 3-3 three and three on the year. Uh, that's pretty spot on with this podcast. Painfully average. You know, I'm just disappointed that I went 3-0 and oh and then 0-3. Oh and three. That yeah. one hurt. Yeah. But you've got a chance to bounce back this week. So uh, we've got three games coming up this week. Uh, the first one's going to be on the 18th. We've got Suns versus Celtics. Uh, OJ and I have smartly chosen the Celtics. 
uh, while Matt's just trying to ride out the sun's hot streak. You know what? It's not smart. <laughs> it isn't, but... No, Boston has smart. <laughs> oh, I like your name play there. Uh, <laughs> next up, we've got the... Uh, on the 19th, we've got a basement game between uh, the Warriors and Grizzlies. OJ's taking the Warriors on this one. Clearly, he's hoping for a Draymond quadruple I was, double. I was just going opposite of Chamberlain, just so so I could take the clear-cut lead. You know, we uh, Matt's got to differentiate ourselves. Too often, we get mistaken for one another. Yeah, it is It is alarming how much <laughs> you two look and sound alike, that's for sure. Uh, and then myself and Chamberlain took the Grizzlies on that one. And then the 22nd, we've got Rockets versus Clippers. OJ and I got the Rockets, and Matt's hoping that uh, Kawhi doesn't manage his load this week. <laughs> Sorry. Hopefully they don't load manage Kawhi. There we go. Is that the correct way of saying it? Both were correct. Just I think the audience might take it a different way. This is a family-friendly podcast. My apologies, gents. Uh, so next up, we've got the fantasy pickups for this week. Uh, I've decided that I'm lazy, and therefore I'm not going to do five players a week. I'm going to narrow it down to a guard, a forward, and a center-eligible player uh, that you guys should pick up this week. Uh, Not that I really should be telling you who to pick up because I've hit on very few of these, but, I mean, it's worth a shot, right? Uh, At the guard position, I've got Kyle Anderson in Memphis, 22% owned. He's coming off a couple good games for them. Uh, With teams now uh, zeroing in on John Morant, I think he's going to have a great opportunity to uh, get some easy points. Uh, at the forward position, Jake Lehman from uh, Minnesota. Uh, he's only 4% owned, uh, averaging 10 points a game. Could be a solid bench guy for you. And to end it off, my boy, JaVale McGee, or as Shaq calls him, Tragic Bronson. Uh, I'm breaking my rule here. He is 36% owned normally. Uh, they can't be more than 30% owned, but uh, we make up our own rules here at Shooter Shoot. And so JaVale McGee for the Lakers, he's been solid for them and could be a good center pickup. You guys going to pick up any of these players, or am I just uh, talking just because? Are, are you only doing this for us? I thought you were doing this for the whole pod. Well, but you guys get first access to it. Well, yeah, that's why I don't pick them up, because that would be just insider trading. And I've never followed your advice in my life. <laughs> okay, so you guys give it until Tuesday before yeah, you decide. You, I don't do it like day of. I would give it to like Tuesday if I want to, right? Okay. Otherwise, that's insider trading. That's illegal. And I still will never follow your advice. <laughs> I cannot emphasize that enough, everybody. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, and so a quick fantasy update this week. Uh, we are all big losers <laughs> this week. Um, we're all going to lose our fantasy matchups. Uh, Daryl is spanking my team this week and i think the feeling is mutual for uh matt squared here i forgot uh, to set that up one day and i missed out on 300 points guys <laughs> set your lineups it uh, changed because i picked up some guy and then all that fun stuff happened we got to give a quick shout out to uh, my commissioner in my fantasy football league pat for finally setting a lineup this week he might be picking up his first victory so uh goes to show how much that can really help you uh, Chamberlain's going to lose to Dylan Istash, but he's undefeated on the year. I mean, he's really been riding out Towns and Drummond. Uh, so, tough loss for you. Uh, anything else you guys want to want to touch on with this league? Uh, go Raptors? No, that's all I got. Uh, my Spurs, 82-0, was another cold take, everybody. 
Okay, so, so what are they eligible now to finish? Because I don't know what you mean by eligible. It's fact. Thank you. <laughs> but anyways. They're 5 and 7, so they still will go 75 and 7. What's solid for first place in the conference, Which means honestly. they're still going to knock off the Warriors 73 and 9. Yeah, so I don't know why. I mean, my Lakers are 10 and 2. I'm feeling pretty good right now. Uh, so that wraps things up for this week's episode. Uh, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms, and uh, we'll see you guys next week.